welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ Flagg. That sounded like I said EJ Flagg. I just tried to mumble my last name as a joke. And now it sounded like I got super patriotic. And that is not an impression I wish to create. I apologize if anybody was thrown off by it. Um, hey, I hope you guys enjoyed the first episode of my my actual format last week. Uh, where my friend Sam and I talked about John from Cincinnati. If you have not listened to it, you should. Uh, it is. It was very fun. Uh, it's a deep dive into one of my favorite short-lived shows with one of my best friends, and it's it's good, I think. And I'm not a fan. Uh, so the plan is every other week will be a. I will talk to a guest about their favorite short-lived TV show, and in between I'll do quick little minis, uh, kind of like uh, uh, how did this get made or the flop house do where. Uh, I'm stealing their format. I'm cool with that. Uh, and at the end of the show, I'll let you know what, or yeah, yeah, show. This is still a show. At the end of the episode, I will let you know what show uh, we're going to cover next week. But I won't tell you who the guest is. You'll have to guess. Uh, we're still at the point where the guests are mostly going to be people I've known for years. So um, who knows? Maybe someday I'll branch out. And uh, it'll be somebody I, I haven't known for for a long time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's fun. I've record I've banked a few of these, and they're very fun. So that's all I have to say on that topic. Uh, also, you should watch John from Cincinnati because it's real good and weird. Uh, so okay, so let's uh. Let's let's get to it. Let's catch you up on things. Uh, it's been a full two weeks, so you're probably wondering how my how my uh, uh, plan to get hot has gone. And uh, I feel like I've reached a point where it would be possible to take a good picture of me. Uh, nobody has. It it hasn't happened yet. It I might be wrong about whether it's possible, but it, I I think. I'm in the realm where, where it could be done and it just hasn't. Um, also, a lady, uh, when I was walking the dogs, uh, who, a lady was driving by and either hit on me or made fun of me, and I cannot tell which it was. Um, I'm, I, choose to, I choose to put a positive spin on it, but more likely, uh, more likely she was just being mean. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it because I feel like if I explain what happened, the general response will just be, "Oh yeah, she was definitely being mean," and I need to live in my delusions for a little bit. Uh, so I'm going to tell a quick, a a quick story, uh, a, a true event from my life that is maybe not that exciting, but I thought was funny, and uh, then I'll do some recommendations, and then we'll get to the franchise report, and I'll tell you what show to watch for next time. So, uh, uh, as I will not shut up about, I've, I've lost quite a lot of weight this year. And uh, it has gotten to the point my, my clothes are mostly just ridiculously oversized right now. Uh, the only thing I've really gone and bought in a smaller size is my Tees by Summer shirts. Um, part of it is because I don't like shopping, and part of it is because I'm, <laughs> I'm poor, and part of it is... Uh, my, my deep 
uh, deep-rooted belief that I will just put it all back on by the end of the year. And what am I going to do with all these tiny clothes then? So I haven't really done anything, and my friends keep keep telling me I have to get new clothes. And I went to a restaurant that I go to a lot, and uh, uh, one of the one of the servers who I kind of know said something like, "Wow, you're going to have to start getting new clothes soon." And it's like, okay, you know what? Everybody can just just get off my jock for just like a second, right? So, uh, uh, my friend Rachel is has a uh, she she's a she's a smart-minded budget shopper and yet also stylish uh i shouldn't even say and yet because it implies those things are at odds she is she is she is more stylish on a budget than 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 almost anybody i know uh and she keeps trying to get me to go to goodwill to get new shirts because she knows i don't have money and i don't like getting out and what am I going to do go to the mall no criminy god no um so you know and she keeps sending me pictures of shirts they have and uh she she is convinced uh uh that I can wear a size that uh I I cannot uh, I don't want to. I don't want to get into my specific sizes. In, in in case anybody who's listening to this who doesn't know me, I want you to think that I'm in better shape than I actually am. Uh, so you know, I need to. I need to keep that illusion. Um, so I, you know, and I keep telling her oh, that's not. That's gonna. I'm gonna look like a sausage. I can't do that. And uh, it's basically two full sizes below where I started the year. No, I could do one. I can't do two. That's that's gonna be bad. So uh, she just went and bought me a shirt. And then last Sunday, when I went over to uh, our, our Sunday TV viewing night, she's like, "Try on this shirt." And it was very nice for. Uh, and in fact, this is I, I'm going to say only nice things about Rachel now. She might listen to this and think I'm building up to some, some kind of punchline. It was very nice of her. Uh, Still, I wanted to die because obviously this shirt was going to be too small for me. And let me tell you this, people, your husky friends do not want to be forced to try on clothes and then show them to you. We, we don't want that. Uh, we know how we look, and there is nothing more embarrassing than having to go, nope, too small, can't get it on. It sucks. I hate it. Like, I went into the a side room to to change and the whole time I'm going if this doesn't fit I'm just going out the window I'm not going to look people in the eye and and you know it's still something very sensitive about after being uh I, I put it in the past tense I'm still a large man I was a very large man uh it's something I am still very sensitive about and uh frankly I enjoy my big clothes because because if you see me in my in a big shirt uh, you might think either that I, I cannot afford clothing in my size, which is only partly true, or that, uh, or you might go, oh, I wonder if that guy lost weight. And then I, I, you know, then you're kind of supportive where if you, as if you just see me regularly, you're like, oh, there's a fat guy. So I sort of like, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm getting, getting <laughs> extra valor. I wanted to say stolen valor, but that doesn't really apply here for many reasons. 
but uh so uh so I just didn't want to do it. I wanted to leave. It's it just made I just felt so self conscious and I'm like, I nothing I can do. I gotta try it on. I can't be a weirdo and go, No, I will try this shirt on at home where nobody can see it. So it did. And guess what? Son of a bitch, it fit. It fit and it looked nice, and I am a full two sizes smaller than I was in January. And I almost cried because it is a size I did not think I would ever wear again. Uh, um, like, it's... I think it's a size I wore in college on a good day. Uh, so that felt ended up feeling very good, uh, despite being a very fraught situation, which uh, I think means that Rachel knew what she was doing. Uh, and... Gotta say, very impressive. She, 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 she was walking a dangerous line in regards to my self-esteem, but she knew she what she was doing, and I've got nothing but good things to say about Rachel. Yeah, Rachel. Uh, so anyway, that is, that's 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 where we stand in regards to me wearing clothes, uh, in that I am still doing it. Um, how about if I do some recommendations? I got a, I got a few things that have been good. Uh, movie recommendation. Uh, I just saw Confess Fletch, the sort of I don't really want to say a reboot of the the Chevy Chase movie because it's it's just based on the same book series as the the Chevy Chase movie from many years ago that uh honestly does not mean that much to me I know some people love it and it feels like dudes like a couple years older than me swear by it and it's just kind of a it's just kind of of nothing for me uh it doesn't help that I have I I have steadily stopped enjoying everything about Chevy Chase outside of community but uh whatever I've read a couple of the books and I actually really like the books and uh uh you know it's about an investigative reporter uh, who often gets in over his head and he's kind of a smart ass. And uh, holy smokes, guys, John Hamm found his perfect movie role. He's real good in this. His, he's a dude who's real good at acting, but he just wants to do comedy. The dumber, the better. Like, he hangs around waiting for Tina Fey to put him in a role where he looks weird and stupid and gets to do dumb things, and he seems like the happiest man alive when he gets to do that. And this sort of, of uh, uh, it, it lets him do that in sort of a, a structured movie way. Uh, that that's I I really enjoyed. Uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, you know smartassery, and Chevy Chase always. It's a thing that kind of rubs me wrong about a lot of his characters. It's where he's. I'm real tired of sort of that uh, that smirky, oh, I'm smarter than you, uh, Chevy Chase, Bill Murray thing. And uh, uh, I think Fletch is a lot of that from Chevy Chase. It's a lot of him. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I find it I find it unpleasant. Whereas uh, there's a very funny thing in there's a lot of very funny things in Confess Fletch, but in one of them. Uh, Basically, every time he's interacting with somebody, he just gives them a fake name. And there's 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 an early scene where he's he's 
uh, trying to get two people to paint a van, and he has a whole story and a fake name. And uh, after they work out the deal, one of them says, what was your name again? And he says, what did I tell you it was? <laughs> it's a simple joke, but I really laughed. It's, it's, it's real good. I recommend it. It's in theaters now. It's coming to streaming pretty soon. Uh, it kind of got buried at theatrical release. I have seen no ads for it. It's limited theaters, which is a shame because they could make 20 of these, and I'd be very happy. Um, I cannot remember the actress's name, but the there she's on the Vanessa Bayer show. I, I love that for you. She plays a rookie cop who's paired up with Roy, Roy Wood, and she is so funny. Uh, and I've seen her in some things, but not enough that I could place her until I got on IMDb. But she, she's so great. She's so funny. Uh, and Marsha Gay Harden, who has been around forever and who is great, but you never, I've, there's never really a time when I walk away and go, oh, she was really a high point of that, just because she's like one of those people who comes in and she acts and she does a good job and usually is very grown up and adult about it. She, she plays an Italian countess and she goes so big with her accent <laughs> and it, she seems to be having a blast. It's very funny. Uh, she's actually the one who says the titular, the, the, the titular line, but her accent makes it sound like, confess, flesh. <laughs> she calls him flesh. It's great. Eugene Merman's in it. It's, it's tremendous. I loved it. Check it out. Um, TV. I'm really having a problem with TV lately because this new podcast format means I am rewatching a bunch of shows and that is taking up the majority of my TV viewing time. So I'm just kind of creaking through. Uh, like I got to figure out a way to balance things because, you know, I'm getting my, I'm getting my Archer and, uh, you know, the stuff I have to see in, but a lot of streaming stuff has really fallen by the wayside. Uh, I'm still really enjoying She-Hulk. Uh, and as much as I'm tired of, of, of nerd culture and Easter eggs and all that, I got so excited when Daredevil's helmet showed up in the, at the end of the most recent episode. Even though we know full well Daredevil's going to appear because he's in the trailer. I, I was like, yes, it's Daredevil's hat. This is amazing. Um, and uh, really enjoying uh, Game of Thrones House of the Dragon. Or House of Dragon? It's House of the Dragon, right? Yeah. It's not plural. Uh, I am really not engaging with fandom at all on this. I'm not reading anything about it online. Uh, because fans of things ruin everything. And so much of the time it's easier for me to just not, uh, not engage with it at all. So I don't really know what the consensus is on it. I am just watching this with my friend Becky after we have our group TV night, and we are having a blast. Uh, it is, I mean, they really started getting into the incest, and a guy gets his face punched off in the new episode, but it's still less unseemly than than the original series. Like, there's a lot of times where they're sort of cutting away from things that the original would have showed you in gory detail, and it all feels a little less exploitative that way. Um, Matt Smith is just killing it. Uh, the The cast is very good. He's just the only person whose name I know uh, from other things. And the one thing I forgot to mention last time, and it happened a couple weeks ago, but uh, 
there's a, a character who's a, who's a Lannister, uh, who they do not seem to be very much of a force in this show, but obviously they're important to the original series. But this this is a fantasy world of dragons and direwolves, and you know there's uh, you know trees that have faces that seem to be crying blood. There's a lot of stuff going on. This Lannister lady straight up just had a pug, a little pet pug sitting on her lap. Which, in a way, tells you everything you need to know about the character. Yes, even in this medieval fantasy world, she somehow has a pug. And it's amazing to think that a pug could exist in this world, since they're so, uh, like, like, like forcibly bred. Like, people tried to make pugs. That's why they're all screwed up and they can't breathe right. They're super cute. I got nothing against pugs, but they are not a thing that occurred naturally. And it's very funny to think that somehow in, in Game of Thrones times, they somehow managed to evolve a pug. Uh, it was, it's very funny, and I hope this pug shows up more. Uh, it's the best pet in, game, in the Game of Thrones mythos since, uh, since Sir Pounce from the original series, the, the, the cat, who I think only appeared once and I talked about for six years straight. Uh, so yeah, House of the Dragon is probably my TV pick. Um, I'll try to come up with something more creative next time, but I am this I'm I'm rewatching too many things. It's killing me. Uh and and uh video games I'm still playing Saints Row. I'm gonna finish it. I almost never can finish games anymore because I don't have that much time to play and I get caught up in something new. But I love the Saints Row franchise and I'm having a f I'm having a lot of fun with this. I did not think I would. I thought I was too loyal to the characters and the total over-the-top tone of the most recent ones but this game it 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 plays like saints row it is fun it is well written like i'm getting to know and care about the new characters uh and i, I love the originals nobody will ever replace them in my heart but they there's actually some really good writing and a lot of people are complaining about uh bugs that are uh crashing their game or preventing them from progressing and I, knock on wood, have not run into anything yet. Uh, it is a series that's notoriously buggy, which is why it is so hard to play Saints Row 2 is it is just uh, I, I think it's, like, I think the source code is lost so it might be unsalvageable to re-release, but if you get one and try playing it on your, your 360 or your PlayStation 3 uh, it's going to crash a lot. And even 3 and 4, which runs smoother, a million times I got caught in the geometry or fell through the world or, you know, it's just, they're always a little bit rushed and janky and, and they are my favorite games in the world, but they, uh, there there is a sheen of sloppiness on them and uh, I have not run in. I have not really had. I haven't had to restart for anything. I haven't been locked out of progress. Um, yeah, I'm super happy with it. I'm tired of people complaining. Saints Row is good. Um, and what the heck? One last one. I'm going to recommend a comic. Look, you guys know I love Batman. I have read more Batman comics than probably almost anybody who is not in some way making money off of Batman. Uh, I tried to run the numbers and just uh, uh, 
it's into the thousands. And so I stopped counting. Uh, I For a long time, I had the goal to try to read every issue of Batman going back to 1939. And uh, mostly the problem is it's not very well collected from like the 50s and early 60s. So those are hard to hard to get like the the 30s and 40s stuff has been reprinted in a number of formats and uh 70s and 80s are kind of sporadically available and then the 90s and up is pretty uh pretty well documented so it may not be possible to read everything but i've i've read easily look before they before they rebooted the numbering i believe uh uh the main batman series was somewhere over over 800 issues and i have easily read well over half of those uh you know i i'm not bragging i am bragging i read a lot of batman and i read a new batman comic it's one of the best ones i've ever read uh, they're doing a a series of one shots where where they're villain focused. It's called One Bad Day, and it's about each one's about a different villain, and it's the their bad day. It's it's all kind of based on uh, the Killing Joke, which is kind of this famous Alan Moore Joker story, which introduced a lot of things about the character as we know him, and kind of set up a lot of continuity stuff. And uh, it's very good, but there's also a certain, as with a lot of Alan Moore things, a certain contempt for uh, the whole enterprise, like Alan Moore doesn't necessarily doesn't Alan Moore doesn't like that you're reading his superhero comics, and he wants to make sure you know you should feel bad. Uh, they are often brilliant, but they 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 think little of you. Um, and it doesn't matter. The first one they did though was Riddler, and it's like, how do you make an awesome Riddler story? And uh, Tom King and Mitch Gerards, who did, uh, they did a Mr. Miracle uh, series that was phenomenal. Jason Manzouk has talked about it a lot on different podcasts and appears in it briefly. Uh, and they follow that up with uh, Strange Adventures. And they are, Tom King's just a, a writer who's been hitting it out of the park. He has done some really tremendous stuff. And they write the scariest Riddler story of all time. More so than the the new movie where the Riddler is the Zodiac Killer. This is a story about the Riddler just weaponizing his intelligence and making himself untouchable. Like he's he <laughs> by 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 the end of the issue, there's a standing policy at banks that if he comes in and wants something, they just give it to him and let him go because anybody who hassles him, he will learn everything about them and their families will die horribly. And uh, I don't even want it, to, it's so, it's so beautifully done and it, it's chilling and it's really like upsetting the, the, you know, you turn this villain who's kind of a joke into this, this uh, terrifying creature and they give him this new backstory that is, is, heartbreaking and, and just horrible and it is one of the best Batman stories I have read in my many years of reading Batman and uh, if you're going to read something check it out it's One Bad Day the Riddler 
uh, it kind of sucks for all the other creative teams that are doing their own because uh, bar got set pretty high on this one. You know, there's you, you don't want to be the guy. You don't want to have to follow that up. You know, they should have saved that one for last, maybe. But it's tremendous. Just fantastic. I, I was talking to my friend Tim about it and we it just we've read a lot of comics, man. And it just kicked our asses. It's great. Uh, hey, franchise report. Now, since I'm only doing these two weeks, most weeks I'll have I'll have uh, two of each franchise, and we're getting close to the end of both, so it won't be for much longer. But uh, due to some scheduling things and uh, uh, active choices, I only I only watched one Marvel and one Bond over the two weeks I was off because. Uh, uh, largely because uh, this is the last Brosnan movie and we get into Daniel Craig I didn't want to do the last Brosnan and the first Craig on the in the same talk and uh, Quantum of Solace is a kind of a direct sequel to Casino Royale so it makes sense to cover them together so uh, first uh, the Marvel movie I watched was Captain Marvel which I have not Boy, I don't know if I've seen it since theaters. Man, I know I'm a broken record on this. I had a great time. It's funnier than I remember. Uh, ben Mendelsohn as the Skrull is is great. Uh, it's a movie that got a lot of hate when it comes out because nerds are terrible. And not only is anything with a female protagonist automatically suspect, anything that acknowledges sexism is automatically a problem. We're seeing that with She-Hulk now. But also, uh, in the case of Star Wars, anything that acknowledges the existence of black people who aren't Billy D. Williams is a problem. Because, again, nerds are the worst. I wish I liked sports or was good at making friends, because this sucks. Uh, all that said, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is great. I think that most of the movie is 90s Samuel L. Jackson, I think, is really cool. They do a really good job with that. Uh my it's they were playing catch up to figure out what this what her deal is and uh it's the one thing in isolation it maybe would not be an issue but uh 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 carol has like she's missing her early her early memories uh for so long in the movie that it feels like she doesn't get to she feels incomplete as a character up to a certain point and then right after this we have Endgame which was being filmed before and during Captain Marvel so her character would like her character hadn't been established anywhere yet so she's kind of a blank slate in Endgame too so she has those two appearances where she does not get to show a lot of personality. And in this one, when she does, it's really, it's really enjoyable. Like we get to see, like when she interacts with uh, young Monica and uh, when she's, when she's helping the Skrulls and she's, when she's being goofy too. Like when you see her sense of humor, it's really fun. But the first half to almost two thirds of the movie, she's missing hunks of, of time and so she's figuring out who she is 
and it leaves Brie Larson with kind of a uh, it's kind of a lot to deal with and it would not probably not be an issue if she didn't immediately appear in another movie where the people who made the movie did not know who the character was because that hadn't been worked out yet in a place that they could see um, you know if there'd been a little time in between it wouldn't strike me as weird at all but uh uh, it does look like they're they're turning that around with some of her cameos, and so, so I I don't necessarily have any any fear there. I just feel like she didn't get to have as much fun as she could have uh, over two back to back movies because she was ill defined. But like I say, when she gets to do stuff, it's great. Uh, it's one of my favorite jokes in in the Marvel series, I think, is when uh, she finally gets her powers working in full and. Uh, Jude Law is like, yes, you see, this is what I wanted for you. You've proven yourself. And she she just launches him about like 100 yards into a mountain. He had that coming. Dude sucked. Uh, the cast is real is real good. It's, you know, a lot of people we know, Coulson, we get to see Coulson again. Uh, uh, Corvath, the pursuer from Guardians of the Galaxy is there. Uh, Annette Benning. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I, I don't have a huge amount to say about it just because, uh, it's, it's one of those that's really competently done, so you can't really complain. Um, but it, it also, like I said, the, she doesn't get to really be Captain Marvel for so long. And then when she does, it's great. And you're like, I want to see more movies about this lady. Um, you know, it's kind of the Thor thing where the first movie is not really having access to their powers. And they haven't done much of that. And and especially, I guess, for two of the most powerful beings in existence, maybe that's a good way to introduce them. Uh, it is. It, uh, this is the last. Uh, no, it's not. the. There's one in Endgame, but it is the first movie to come out after Stan Lee passed away. And... I think it's the only instance of one of the heroes being nice to him. He's usually irritating uh, in his cameos, and he's playing himself in this one, and Captain Marvel is nice to him. Or at least just gives him a nice smile before uh, before trying to beat up a shapeshifter. Um, yeah, I, this, the Skrulls have been generic bad guys for so long that making them sympathetic, I think, is real smart. Uh there's a lot in, in old Marvel comics where the less human an alien race looks, the more evil they're supposed to be. And it's not great messaging. Uh, so I, I really like what they did here. Um, yeah, I had a blast watching it. It's one of those I could see watching again, uh, you know, just when I'm... I'm saying when I can't get to sleep, which does not indicate it's boring. I need to have TV on when I can't sleep. And it works better if it's something pleasant that I enjoy. So I won't get bent out of shape if I can't fall asleep. But if I've seen it several times, then it's also okay if I do. Uh, so so it's not damning the faint praise. Oh, yeah, I could fall asleep to this. It's, it's a good movie to have on. It's a good color palette. Uh, it's fun. I like looking at everybody in it. It's good. I'm sold on Captain Marvel, and I'm looking forward to the sequel next year. Uh, I'm kind of blowing through that because 
we got to talk about Die Another Day, Pierce Brosnan's last James Bond movie. Because it, I remember this as being real bad. I don't think I've seen it since it was in theaters. Uh, and to be honest, I don't even remember having a strong opinion about it, but everybody, everything since I saw it has been so negative. Uh, and I was dreading it a little because Pierce Brosnan might be my favorite Bond and GoldenEye is perfect and the last and uh, the other two so far have been they've been I, I've really enjoyed them they are not there's some wonky casting for example and I just remember this being kind of a disaster and here's what I'm going to say Die Another Day is it's got some things in it that are real bad but it's also got some things in it that are amazing. And some of the things that are bad are so fun uh, that that it doesn't matter. Like, I feel the way about this that people a little older than me feel about Roger Moore's last movie, View to a Kill, which has some dumb stuff in it. And, and Roger Moore is so very old in it. But then absolutely rad things happen, like you know, like the like the axe fight on top of the Golden Gate Bridge, and it just gets absolutely wild. And uh, that's what this is for Pierce Brosnan. And in fact, it's it's so over the top, and they didn't know it at the time. But this is it is the end of that whole era. We get a hard reboot with the next one with Daniel Craig, which really strips down the gadgets and the uh, unbelievable technology, which does make its way back into the series. But this this is like a funeral for the the old way of doing James Bond movies, and they go absolutely nuts. Uh, so I'll just uh, let's just it's weird because you it this and the the previous one, uh, the world is not enough were written by uh, Purvis and Wade, who wrote most of the Craig movies also. I think everything but No Time to Die. Uh, I could look up if they wrote that also, but we'll we'll learn when we get there. Uh, and you can see they're, they're pushing in that direction a little bit. Like, the, the open, it's got another great, the Brosnan ones all have great openings. The cold opens are fantastic. And he's in North Korea, and he's, he's, uh, you know, he ends up fighting the son of the dictator who, you know, and this was 2002, so that would have been the their version of Kim Jong-il and Un, except they're men of action. And uh, he and basically, after just so much fun stuff, he ends up killing him by sucking him into a hovercraft engine that's falling off of a cliff. And then, like, he... He makes a quip and then immediately gets caught, gets arrested by the North Korean army and is taken in as a prisoner. And he spends 14 months in a North Korean prison. And the opening sequence, the, like the, the title sequence where you have like silhouetted ladies made of fire jumping out of gun barrels and stuff, you know, the usual stuff is that's happening. But the thing that's happening in the background is Bond being tortured. And the only problem is this is the one Madonna did the theme for. And 
what her theme sounds like is a club remix of a real James Bond song. So it does not fit what's happening at all. Like what they're doing is, is, you know, they're, it's, they're moving in a different direction. And I think and what they do is actually very effective and it is ruined by the die another day theme. Ah, uh, but you, you still, and you know, they eventually have to they get bond back in a prisoner exchange. He goes, is this, this is one of the few times pre Craig that he goes full rogue. Like, uh, but there's all these, there's absolutely wild technology. He has an invisible car in this one, and there's a fortress made of ice that somehow is functioning electrical systems and hydraulics. Uh, but it it's... You know what? It's so fun. The invisible car is dumb. The invisible... There's a car fight in the fortress as it's melting, and it is... It is probably objectively bad, but I loved it. I had so much fun. Um, I want to talk about a, a couple of the real wild things going on here. Uh, this one was, this one was the most financially successful in the series at the time. Uh, and there was a lot of talk of Halle Berry's Jinx character getting a spinoff, and that that fell apart. But uh, it was super pop. I mean, it was hugely popular. And here's the thing: Jinx is kind of a nothing character. Uh, you know, they wanted to have female James Bond for forever, but, uh, there, there's kind of nothing to her, like, like Ilsa Faust from the Mission Impossible movies or, or even Halle Berry's character from John Wick 3 are so much more deserving. Like you'd go, oh yeah, that character I could see in a spinoff. Jinx is just not really anything. Although I do think Halle Berry's doing a weird voice and it makes it... My take on it is that she is doing an homage to the Connery movies where almost every female voice was dubbed because she sounds a little bit dubbed, but she's not. I think she's doing that with her voice. And if she is, 100 comedy points. Way to go, Halle Berry. Um, the... <laughs> There, there's a like a there's a really great sword fight that I remember as not being very good because that's also Madonna's part as an actress in the movie and she's not good. But Bond fights the villain. Like the there, it, it's a double villain movie. One guy has diamonds in his face from a case of diamonds blowing up uh, on him in the opening sequence. And there's this British guy whose name I cannot remember now, but he plays James Bond on the radio plays now. Uh, and he and Bond just immediately have animosity, and it's so fun. And I'm going to spoil something about a movie from 20 years ago, and it does not matter because if you want to see this movie, you will enjoy the reveal as much as I do. This, uh, this Englishman, you know who he actually is? He's the son of the Korean dictator who got killed in the opening with gene replacement therapy. <laughs> and when they reveal that, I had completely forgotten that. My jaw was on the floor. That is audacious, my friend. And for the, the, the climax, he has basically an Iron Man suit. It is, it, it's, it's glorious. Um... Oh, and also his plan, his plan 
basically it's got a satellite that can refocus the sun, which turns the sun into a death ray. But he announces it at like a public event. It's like, oh, we can channel the power of the sun and everybody is is going nuts. And I don't understand what the non-murder application that that would be. Like, yeah, it was... In 2002, we still had global warming. Like, the last thing we needed was more sun getting through to the Earth. <laughs> like, I I don't know what people thought the positive applications of this would be. Um, <laughs> But they were very excited. Uh... And look, I, I'm not. I don't want to be horny on Maine here. And we've established in the past how how uncomfortable uh, it is when somebody I think is hot now is in a movie uh, from long enough ago that they are way too young. And uh, Rosamund Pike, who you know from Gone Girl, most likely, or the first Jack Reacher, uh, she is the uh, uh, secondary Bond girl slash villain. And look, I love Rosamund Pike. Uh, every, anytime I see her name in the credits of a movie, I'm like, oh, this is, she's going to be good. She's usually in stuff I like. I think she's real good. Uh, she's very attractive. I don't let that guide my movie going choices most of the time. But, and this is, this movie's, you know, 20 years old. She is like 24 in it. So I feel like a creep. She is so hot in this movie, I cannot even believe it. Like, I don't know how I saw this movie in 2002 and then thought about anything else for the next 15 years. Uh, I don't feel good about having said that. I am just telling you, telling you how it is. Uh... Uh, I I have a friend who I will not name, but who I once described as being so pretty it's hard to look directly at her, and that's what's happening here. Uh, it, it's yeah, I don't know, man. It's a lot to deal with. And again, I feel weird, but she she is my contemporary. But this was twenty years ago when look. I'm I'm sharing because we've known each other long enough. Uh, this was me watching a movie thinking somebody 24 years old is super hot. Uh, is that colored by the fact that I think that about her current incarnation? Sure, but come on, man. Uh, if I had any sense, I'd cut this part out, and I'm not gonna, even though this episode is long. Uh, so anyway, next time I'll have next time I'll be doing Avengers Endgame and Spider-Man: Far From Home, and we'll kick off Daniel Craig with. Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace the second one I have not watched since it was in theaters and I didn't like it but everybody says it's way better if you watch it right after Casino Royale so that's what's going to happen uh, and next week I have a very good guest this is a very good episode uh, we're going to be talking about the 2017 NBC Tina Fey produced sitcom Great News it is on Netflix. Check it out if you can. Uh, the episode is a lot of fun, uh, and I think you will enjoy it. It's with a with a uh, a repeat guest because I don't know that many people, and this is also a very good guest. Uh, also very good. Teasebysummer.com. 
mentioned them earlier. They're the only clothes that I've, I've bought in a new size so far because I don't, I don't want to be without my Tees by Summer shirts. Uh, it's just great. I just got the new mug, the new Carl Havoc mug. Uh, it's on my desk at work now. I love it. Uh, man, this episode has gone on too long, so I don't want to... Yeah, that, 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 that's all I'm going to say this week just to let you guys leave early or less late than I am forcing you to otherwise. It's just tremendous designs. Just really everything I have from Tees by Summer I really I really love. Uh, it, it's so good. She's so good at designing. It's high quality products. It's just just great. I cannot look how many episodes is this now a million it's a lot and i have i have uh uh pitched you teased by summer in every single one of them uh and because it's great check it out buy something tell her ej sent you or don't just buy something that's the important thing to do uh so that that will wrap it up uh uh, be back next week with some great news talk with a friend of ours. Uh, you can email the show at fedtalks at yahoo.com. Social media at EJ Fettis on Twitter, at EJ underscore Fettis on Instagram. Uh, if you've got a good one or two season show to watch and somebody would be a good guest, let me know. I'd like to start branching out into people I don't really know, uh, but also I am scared to do that. So let's see what we can make happen. I'll see you back here next week. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Fed Talks is a full boys production. Wee, 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 wee.